Welcome to the Starry Sky and Witchy Things podcast, your weekly study group about cosmic witchcraft. I'm not here to teach, just share what I love. I've studied witchcraft like it's my full-time job, and now you don't need to spend as much time and energy to get started. I'm known as Asteria in witchy circles. I'm a city girl, spiritual seeker, and start obsessed like I'm Natsuki Shinomiya in Utapri. Oh, just a warning, there would be loads of otaku references. I'm the one friends that people go to when they want to know whether they can blame a retrograde for their problems, or they can't make sense of their daily tarot card. And now I'm here to be that friend to you too. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy today's episode and I look forward to connecting with you. Hello, hello. Thank you for bearing with me with the week that I had to skip. Welcome back and welcome if this is your first time here. This episode is a little less prescriptive and study-like than the rest of the season because I plan to talk about my experience of being a witch in a city when so many books and podcasts and content in general appear to make witchcraft still about the woman at the edge of the village. I also want to cover things that are helpful for people in the broom closet, since there is a lot of overlap between what's possible for urban witches and what doesn't look too witches and suspicious. We'll talk about phone apps, digital spells, glamour magic, building a witchy home, and I'll leave you with my good energy home ritual. First of all, I'm not affiliated to or paid by any brands to say any of these. All the products mentioned are stuff I use in my practice that I really endorse. Secondly, not all urban witches have the same experience. Different cities have different situations and that's true even in the same city. In fact, one block of flats down the road from me has balconies and where I live doesn't. So if a witch there wants to have a small herb garden, they can and they can live the green witch life in London. I mentioned before that one of the reasons I leaned towards cosmic witchcraft was that it works well in the city, on top of the obvious appeal of the stars on me regardless, so I would probably be a cosmic witch in the countryside too. Finally, all links to what I talk about will be in the show notes. I have a small studio flat that until last week I shared with my partner 
So space has been one major consideration in the things I do. For that reason, a lot of my craft is tech-based. I've had a subscription to the app Moon Calendar until I got the Magic of Eye Diary for 2023, and the free version still notifies me of the times of the moon phases. It has self-care suggestions and journaling prompts based on the cycle of the moon in your personal chart, and the journal has locked space within the app which is handy if you can't have notebooks lying around. It costs less than a fiver for the year. I'm tempted to restart it, even if I get the same info in my diary now. I love the stars and, spoiler alert, that's what we're diving into in season two, because clearly you do too. The Star Magic episode has eight times the downloads as the rest of the season. But I think the moon, being the cosmic body that represents our emotions, should be the one you walk with if you don't do anything else. You make sure you take care of yourself in a witchy way with the moon. Another app I use is Night Sky, which gives me a little map of the sky where I am, including the zodiac constellations and all the stars that would be visible without the artificial lights. Time Nomad is also a good app for keeping tabs on astrological transits, although I don't like the user experience, so if someone has a better option, I'd love to hear about it. Not star-related are Labyrinthus and Insight Timer. Labyrinthus is one of the many tarot apps by the same developer, which is also the developer behind the Luminous Spirit Tarot, one which I haven't tried yet, but which came highly recommended if you are looking for a stronger link between the moon phases and the tarot. It comes with journaling prompts and a process that I think is good for beginners, who are wanting to learn how to work with the tarot as well as manifestation. I'm not a huge fan of minimalist modern decks, so if I do download it, I will use my physical deck, which, if I had not mentioned it in the tarot episode, is the mystical manga tarot by Ran and Barbara Moore. It also has an app if you like that art style, but can't have a physical deck. The reason why I use the Labyrinthos app is that it's a good one for learning, as well as keeping records and analysing patterns over time. I downloaded it as a beginner and I had no reason to change it. Insight Timer is one of many meditation apps out there, but I like the variety of what's available, even in the free version. And it's also another option for an online journal, although it's not private. Anyone who opens the app can find it. Meditation may not be a thing most people think is witchy, but I like the timer function where you build your own meditation. And there's music at specific frequencies and other energy work that I think is pretty witchy. 
Prayer and meditation are a lot more normalized than spells and rituals in many circles, so it can be a good way to hide some stuff from prying eyes too. The idea of digital spells is something that I learned from holisticism, which is a space for intuitive business owners. They have a podcast I listen to if you want to check that out as well as a free Mighty Networks community. I'll drop everything in the show notes. That's sort of an affiliate link. I get perks if you sign up through it. I'm not in the broom closet, so mine are pretty obvious. I have invocations at the top of my work documents and stuff. If I really need to tap into my focus, I do a whole ritual around it before I start. But most day-to-day work, I only do the ritual when I start the document and set the intentions for the work it's for. You can also use images, emojis and sigils to make more subtle digital spells. You can add sigils to anything from the symbols you put on your phone cover or under the phone cover to the pictures you put on your background. I'll put a link to a tutorial in the show notes as well. If you are not familiar with sigils, they're just a symbolic representation of a desired outcome. In the case of the tutorial, the sigil is against people using your selfies for curses, but you can make a sigil for any intention you set with a spell. Objects that are built around sigil are called talismans and you may be more familiar with that since they exist in cultures outside of occultism. Although they are a huge deal with ceremonial magic and the golden dawn. One approach to sigils I don't use but find interesting is that of chaos magic which condenses the letters of an intention into a monogram. That could be something you want to look into if the more pictorial approaches to sigils don't vibe. Being a witch in the city is in many ways an exercise in habit stacking. You've seen that in the first spell I shared, which turns your morning beverage into an intention-setting ritual, but most day-to-day things can become magic. Your showers can become a time to clear away negative things or cover yourself with positive ones. Or both in the same shower. You can visualize or script both actions one after the other. One thing that most of us do daily is wearing clothes. Traditionally, glamour magic was about protection through changing your appearance. But in modern times, it has become more along the lines of channeling a certain image of yourself. And of course, there is no reason why not have a protection spell thrown in there too. In my day job as a personal branding photographer, I work with many ideas that will fall under glamour magic. So I'm perhaps biased when I say that in general, people could stand to be a little more intentional with their appearance. I don't mean these as embracing external ideas around clothes and makeup and how to do your hair in a way that is socially acceptable and up to arbitrary beauty standards. On the contrary, I want to stress that you do you. Just be mindful that clothes are a symbolic language too. 
and especially as witches can harness those powers the same as the power in everything else. Also, you can add sigils to clothes too, like sewn inside or drawn on the back of the label or as pins. And of course, jewelry is an obvious one for talismans and all sorts of magic, even plain metals without jewelry. You can use the correspondences or just put a spell on what you like. One approach to planetary magic that I believe I mentioned in that episode was to dress for the planet of the day, and it's worth repeating it here too. That's a simple way to connect with the cosmos in the city. If you're anything like me, your Pinterest has a board of witchy home decor. However, your house isn't quite yet matching it. I don't even have a Fitz altar at the time of recording this, although I keep a prosperity jar, a self-love crystal and my tarot cards on my bedside table with two aquarchy acrylic figurines, so I kinda do. If you are in the broom closet or in a small space, portable altars can be a good thing for you. They're not strictly religious, although they exist in religions other than paganism, but if you're looking for ideas, that's how you'll find them online. Basically, it's a small box containing the basics for your craft if you use physical objects in it. If you visualize your whole magical setup, you might still keep one to collect things that are meaningful to you that you can't have on show. You can also do a vertical hanging altar, which is an idea I first heard about on the Placebo Magic podcast. Other witchy things you can do is have crockery that is a little witchy or a lot witchy if you're out of the broom closet and no one will bat an eyelid if you have a mug saying witch's brew on it. You can go different ways about it, like images that remind you of something you want to channel and embody or things you are manifesting. I'm manifesting a trip to Asia, so I eat and buy things that give me the experience I would have if I was there. It's not just for show, it's small and subtle things that you can try and do to help you channel the energy of a witch in between formal spells and rituals. You can also have plants that have specific correspondences, or you can look into Feng Shui or human design to figure out how to arrange your space in a way that maximizes your powers. I recently got into crystals as a way to support some small businesses with small purchases, so I now have obsidian on my door to ward against negative energy. Of course, all kinds of protection spells on yourself and your home are a thing a city which can do. If you are interested in diving deeper into this kind of stuff, in a way that can fit into an urban lifestyle, books on folk magic are where you want to look. I do stuff like charging the water of my cleaning products under the waning moon, or something like sometimes charging my drinking water for speaking intention using health-related ones. Now I'll leave you with my good energy home ritual. It's almost in book, so you don't need to separate from your partner to need this ritual right now. The things you need for this ritual are your usual cleaning supplies, especially a broom and boxes or bags if you need to declutter, 
incense or alternative small cleansing tools or a singing bowl including virtual ones or even just access to energy clearing music tracks that you can find online a black obsidian crystal or other energy catchers including ones of your own making and or salt if you wish to these to be your inbuilt ritual a white candle real or artificial or an image of one like a video on your phone or something start your ritual the usual way by preparing as you normally do and setting an intention for the house to be cleansed of anything that does not belong to a welcoming cozy home what follows is the rather mundane spring cleaning and you can go as deep as you'd like or have the energy for if you can't do a heavy cleaning yet i would focus on the energy side of things and keep the physical cleaning to opening the windows for a bit for change the air and some basic cleaning like you normally do if you can use a broom sweep things out of the front door even just the air ceremonially whether you have the witch's besom or not once you are satisfied that you have cleared the physical unwanted things you can move on to the energy clearing with your chosen method I use an incense that has sandalwood base and sandstone. Once you have cleared the energy of the space, place your energy catcher of choice on or near the front door and close the ritual, thanking any powers you called upon, including the earth for providing the materials. Finally, if you are doing this as your invoke ritual, you can light your candle to call in the arrival of spring and meditate on any of the spiritual meanings of the holiday. For me, it will be the perpetual fires of Bridget. I hope this episode was helpful to you and I'll see you again on Thursday for the final episode of season one. Until then, keep living in wonder. Thank you for listening to the Starry Sky and Witchy Things podcast. A huge thank you to Jenna Sword at Jenna S O A R D on Instagram for the cover art and Papa Planet for the music. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to be notified when a new one comes out, please subscribe on your platform of choice. And if you really love it, 
leave a five star rating and review, which will help me be found by more people who will enjoy it too. Also, feel free to share it on social media and with anyone you think should give it a shot. You can send your questions and comments to my email starryskypodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at starryskypodcast and you can also subscribe to my monthly newsletter at witchymusings.substack.com where I share reflections and tips about the astrological seasons. Until next time.